On Your Left, episode four, Marvel Talk on Get Into Geek. My name is Mitch. Joining me once again, Captain Marvel himself, Matty Gibson. Greetings. Hello, sir. I was wondering what you were going to go with, because obviously, the amount of times we talk through different chapters here on Get It A Geek, uh, it's hello there on our Star Wars <laughs> chats. Uh, I mean, you're very rarely on DC, if ever, because of your moral choices, which <laughs> I... I kind My standards. Of, yeah, your standards, and I'm kind of jealous about your standards, and I don't have them, and that's why I do that show mostly by myself. <laughs> but we are back to talk about Marvel. Finally, we recorded episode three, G, nearly two months ago, uh, just after episode, I want to say four of, no, sorry, it was after episode five of Moon Knight had released, but I hadn't yet watched it. You had, and we did a wrap-up of uh, episode three and four, I think, of Moon Knight, and uh, then we were going off, and we were going to come back a week or two later oh, and do a big right. chat. Didn't we do one be... with M, or was that the one before? We had uh, we had done the pilot with M, and she couldn't make the next oh, couple. The and then oh, that's what it was. Couldn't be with us today because we are recording, and we just wanted to get this train back on track, and uh, look, we... we by this stage, we obviously want to talk about Miss Marvel, but I thought it wouldn't hurt to maybe cap off on the Moon Knight experience just quickly. And maybe when M does join us, we can get her thoughts on that because we were in a text chain the other day and she said to you, well, uh, it, it ended a lot stronger than what I thought it would or stronger than it had started. So, uh, whereas I think along the way, I was saying that I really enjoy the series overall. So I, I would like mm. to get her thoughts eventually, but if we hold up until uh, M and Dane can join us, uh, we may never find a time where all four of us uh, can link up uh, just to talk about something that happened two months ago so <laughs> we need to stay current we need to stay relevant so yeah the moon knight experience the final two episodes i still really enjoyed it the fifth episode obviously uh the whole sort of mind space situation where he's just in you know his own little asylum within his head and Tourette was it the the hippo god um sort of taking him through on his way to you know death whatever he's got to sort out his own balance before he can move on Mm. episode six obviously back in the real world we had a giant essentially like godzilla kaiju fight between uh geez what was the bad guy we were trying to stop the whole time and then conchu oh Um, god jesus how have we it's been a long time since we've uh since we've talked about this show but um i'm it Amit. Amit. There we go. My God. Consulting my notes. We were all about Amit for five or six weeks, and then uh, we come to actually talk about her when we see her, quote unquote, in the flesh. And I can't remember her name, but um, yeah, uh, I don't know where the finale sits among the others, but I, th- I, I thought the finale was strong. I thought the pilot was strong. I thought the show overall very strong as well. It's different, and that's what I'm liking about these Marvel series. Whether you love or hate them overall, they are all just mm. different enough and then certainly now Miss Marvel like Miss Marvel and Moon Knight completely separate universes really when you think about the tone the way these uh, shows are written and directed and whatnot so um, yeah I overall I really dug Moon Knight and uh, yeah without going into specifics because it was two months ago uh, <laughs> that might be all I can say until you say something that spurs me on but um, yeah, yeah you, you would generally like it but how did it finish for you? It was fine like it wasn't anything sort of groundbreaking I'm I'm very open to like emotional manipulation and because he's a new character I hadn't really latched onto him much so there mm. wasn't a lot of emotional investment for me in the episodes. It was fine. It was confusing in some points. I'm a, you know, I'm one to I love psychology and and all that kind of stuff and I did find myself a little confused with sort of the back and forward between the real world and the stuff in his mind and the afterlife and blah blah and then there was this weird double cut where we kept we kept cutting back to 
the psychiatrist's office mm. that seemed to now somehow be separate from the psychiatric facility that they were running around in that was their memory kind of thing. So there's this weird... I know there was one line in there where they mentioned something about it's like it's a way to organise their thoughts and feelings and blah, blah, blah. But I just... I didn't understand where we were and what the point of it was. Obviously, the, the revelation of, of how he came up with the split personality and the stuff about his mum was all mm. extremely heartbreaking. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, really hard. And Oscar Isaac just was a tour de force oh, in those performances. he the shit out of that. And just... there was that one shot, too, in the, uh, in the asylum where... And I know it's all trickery, and we, it's not the first time we've seen one actor play their twin or, or you know, separate characters in the same shot, but... How long it was essentially a one shot, and how long he walked along, and one character is doing one thing and talking about one thing and knocking on different doors while the other one's doing something else in the other half of the shot, and how well he seemed to either remember or premeditate what he was going to do or what he had done within that same scene. Whether the take was earlier that day or last week, I just thought that one shot alone really summed up his performance and how much effort he put into it and care uh, because the show, you know, it, it was built around that split personality. We come to fall in love with, you know, one half of his personality we might be pissed off with another. And if that doesn't work, the, the show doesn't work. If you don't believe that this guy is two separate people, uh, the show doesn't work. So yeah, he was he was excellent because for me it actually got to a point where I started to see him as two different actors. The same way that you look yeah. at something like Orphan Black, Tatiana Maslane playing twelve different versions of herself, and I would honestly see her pop up as you know the the lesbian hacker, and I'd be like, oh my god, I love this chick. She's the best. She's so much fun. And then she would play the uptight Rachel, I think it was, you know, in charge of whatever. And I'm like, I hate yeah. this person. I would hate this actress if I met her in real life because I hate her because she's so good at playing this role. And I'm like, oh, hang on. No, no, no. It's the same person. Same so person. that alone makes me excited for She-Hulk, just the part that she's uh, yeah. invested in it. But Oscar Isaac, yeah, it was, it was incredible, regardless yeah. of what you think about the show. Yeah, there was just some weird little disconnects for me. Um... What was there? There was like um, the the whole thing in the second last episode where it was all about measuring their souls and and the two personalities had to you know reveal everything to each other to balance the scale. But were they already set up that the third personality existed and was being held in that other sarcophagus? Mm. And it's like so, how would they have balanced the scales when the third personality? didn't get to reveal their stuff. Their scales couldn't be balanced if there's yeah. this other third personality that they don't know about that's doing these things. So there's a lot of weird psychology stuff there that was kind of bugging me. The weird thing at the end where where Konshu was like, oh, I'm the god of the night, so you can fly now. I was like, huh? What? Mm. Sorry? And like, what? it looked incredible. Looks like, he's just, cool. he's flying like, through with this just moon perfect crescent moon. And I was the same thing because I don't know anything about Moon Knight. And as the show went on, like, it was, it's funny because it, he didn't do as much moon knighting as what you might expect if you don't know anything about the character. And you go, oh, I wonder why he's not in his suit. I didn't kind of care because I enjoyed seeing Mark and Steven do yeah. things and sort of face off with one another as uh, Oscar Isaac and also when for the m- most part when he was Moon Knight so much of it was CGI and uh, that kind of shit me that you get a main character and it's all CGI uh, I'm like no g- give me give me Oscar Isaac in that suit and I've seen shots of him I've seen him doing costume tests like that look the suit looks great but as soon as it becomes a flat image because it's CG it looks when they're flying different story of course but um 
as it went on, I'm like, he's got very limited powers. Like, he can heal, but really, like, when we first see Stephen suit up as Mr. Knight and he's wearing the suit suit, not the costume suit, he can't fight. So Moon Knight can't fight because he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to throw a punch. He doesn't, you know, like, he's got, what, somewhat increased strength, kind of. He can definitely heal the shit out of it because he was getting yeah. impaled well, they call in it, They call three. it a healing armor at some point. Yeah. Uh, but when it's he not like he doesn't have the power. Yeah, he can't like teleport. He can't fly. You wouldn't think he could fly for the first yeah. five and a half episodes. So, yeah, I was a bit sort of caught back by that as and, well. And Conshu's thing was there was that little times like you forget, little worm. I'm the god of the night. That was his explanation. Yeah. To you, you can now fly. And I was like, if he did that cool thing, there was that cool TV show when we were kids, Skeleton Warriors, mm-hmm. where there was that guy that could travel through shadows. Like he stepped into a shadow, and he could pop out on any other shadow. Anywhere in the world, or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like if da- if Moon Knight could do that, disappear into a shadow and reappear out of another shadow, like there is only little wormhole teleportations. That'd be badass. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Flying, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't get that. That was that was weird. And there was no real payoff. It, it, I think I mentioned in maybe episode three or four after like the big hearing thing. It kind of made it seem like Harrow and the other avatars were kind of working together, specifically like that mm. one like. I think it must have been the Horus avatar or whatever. He had that conversation yeah. with Harrow afterwards. There was no payoff to any of that, mm. um, which was weird. I love Tawarat, though. She was amazing. And the mm. costume that they gave um, for the Scarlet Scarab, like, that was yeah. really, really cool. I mean, it made kind of made no sense, but in the best <laughs> kind of way. Yeah, and she did have that, like, you know, the, you get the Deadpool, like, superhero landing. She had the superhero reveal, like, where she walks out into shot and then the camera pulls back to make it a bit wider and she sticks her hands up behind her and I thought she was going to pull out like like blades you know short blades or something or big sort of um, those sort of curved swords or something and and then she, when she pulls out and she's got these metallic wings and I was like oh my god that's so cool but then she just sort of stood there like she knew she was being watched and I'm like no you're inside a pyramid like why are you doing this you know like it was yeah. it was for no one but the audience and I, I do hate those shots and I know you've kind of got to get those reveals for superheroes and like Moon Knight would have had a couple of them as well but I feel like a couple of the times where he like the first reveal especially where we saw the suit he was constantly walking toward the camera and and that was sort of the close of the first episode whereas this was just a look at me and it lingered you know the director the editor whoever decided that shot lingered on it for so long that I'm like okay but what does that person do now it's kind of like Austin Powers when Dr. Evil and his henchmen all laugh and that's usually where we cut in movies whereas we yeah. got to see them stop laughing and then walk away awkwardly from each other so yeah I, I dug the, that costume and then she seemed to be really adaptive to whatever she was able like the suit didn't give her powers but it gave her like you know she had the armor the a bit like you know sort of weaponry on her so it was but it all came down to what she could do kind of like Moon Knight that's why Moon Knight was so great was because mm. Mark Spector was an excellent fighter. Um, yeah. So um, it kind of reminded me of Falcon, the way she was using the wings to sort of accentuate movement yeah. and allow her to jump faster, and, you know, and do all these sort of cool things. But there was this weird disconnect where I went, "What has a hippo god got to do with a scarlet scarab?" <laughs> and then I sort of had to stop myself and go, well, "What the fuck does Konshu, this weird like ibis skeleton, have to do with?" what Mark's wearing. So yeah. I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. I'm thinking about it too much. It doesn't matter. She looks cool. She's acting like she's like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And I think the, 
the other thing that got me, and it wasn't really until I think I read some online feedback, to be honest, because uh, it didn't, it felt, something felt weird when I watched it. Like, the show didn't really end until that post-credit sequence. Like, a post-credit sequence should be a post-credit sequence, whereas I felt like the show itself ended abruptly where, you know, they were back in the bed, uh, Mark or Stephen, whoever hopped up, uh, I guess it was uh, Mark because as he got out of bed, he tripped over because his foot was still tied up and he come face down into the floorboards, maybe into the sand. And he was like, oh, because he didn't put that there. So he was a little bit, you know, shocked and, and, and surprised by that. And then it cut to black and we get the credits. And I'm like, oh, that seems like a really weird point to end on. But I guess it's played mm. for laughs or something. I don't know. And then post credits, we get that scene in the hospital which caught me by surprise to go back to what you said about the asylum where it kept cutting back to talking to harrow or whoever harrow was in um in in mark and stephen's head as the doctor where all of a sudden harrow is being spoken to and i'm like oh we're back in the mindset but hang on didn't they clear this up and i'm like no this is i think this is real like Mm. they've put the real harrow into a real asylum and uh and okay okay i get it now i get it and then obviously the reveal the that we kind of thought was coming earlier but oh hang on now we get this this jake uh lockley locksley whatever it is um oh he'll be jake sully for me forever (laughs) jake Jake sully and uh you know conchie's very much there jake's his little bitch now and is the guy that wants to be moon knight like yeah steven doesn't want any part of it but is obviously a part of it without his choice mark said yes to it but kind of wants to be done with it jake's like nah give me that power i'm gonna go Mm. kill some motherfuckers so um i felt like that should have been the end of the show that's a good tease as opposed to a uh a post-credit scene because it was a while after i don't think uh, i'd say a lot of people would have missed that first time around yeah so i mean good tease for season two they still haven't announced the season two i don't understand Mm. that beyond wanting to get like emmy nominations for limited series or something but uh we've got to be getting another one because generally speaking it received pretty good feedback and and critics loved it audience seemed to like it yeah yeah it was super interesting the viewer numbers were up and all that sort of stuff and you know he's a a good character fun character dark character supernatural that we can bring in and have play in the sandbox with a couple of other interesting characters that are coming along so um yeah it's like i'd love for for him and well winter soldier to just like have a brood off and just he can be who can be more brooding (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) or when him and uh, you know deadpool meet and like hey we got the same eyes this is really cool hey (laughs) all glowy and shit this is fun yeah so yeah all right, well, um, yeah, good. I'm glad we, we could at least get to somewhat of a resolution with their own and uh, when the others get to join mm. us on another podcast who might get their thoughts because um, uh, if we're in the dark about Mood Night, I dare say Emma is even more in the dark and uh, she's got a bit mm. of a different pun, eye than pun. you and I for, thank you, uh, most of the time. So I'd like to uh, get her and uh, her and yeah. Dane's thoughts along the way. But- yeah, actually, I would love to talk to Emma about because there was that weird moment where you, you find like the creation of Stephen, like, but it seemed like Stephen was the one getting beat by his mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought too. So I was like, it should be Stephen should have been the dominant personality, and Mark was the one taking the beatings. Yeah, and that's why he's so fucked up, not the other way around. How could Stephen be getting the beatings? Like Mark would check out, become Stephen, and be this polite little British kid to then get beat, but then Stephen was the one that was calling his mum. Yeah. That I didn't get. I it didn't was get, very, yeah, it was very yeah. weird. Yeah. So I'd love, I'd love to talk to um, Emma about that because yeah, she's she tends to pick up things that that we miss in those kind of sort of scenarios and, and has a very interesting um, aspect on stuff. So yeah, I'd love to see what she um, if she could make more sense of it than. <laughs> 
<laughs> than we could. <laughs> well, I know she, uh, and I don't think Dane has either gotten to uh, get around to watching Miss Marvel, which is the next show in line. And by this stage, when we're recording uh, episode three, Ed, yes, Ed, it premiered dropped last night mm-hmm. for us here. I haven't watched it, but I, I imagine you have. Absolutely. Because it was a big day on Disney+. Plus. It was a big day in general streaming. We had Umbrella Academy Season 3, Miss Marvel Episode 3, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi Finale, and then mm. Doctor Strange 2. And those last three all dropped on Disney+, Plus at the same time. And, you and I said, watched them all last night. I'm going to watch them all and have like a streaming hangover on Thursday. Um, Absolutely. So I haven't got around to watching Episode 3. So uh, I can But only, you've, I seen, guess, you've seen 1 and 2? Definitely, yeah. Seen, saw, okay, saw 1 good. and 2, yeah. So I guess I can speak first and then whatever you might want to say willing or otherwise about episode three you can go ahead mate but um yeah i i, I know nothing about miss marvel either. i probably know a little bit more about her than i did about moon knight probably due to the video game the much maligned avengers video game and where you get to play a lot of um as as kamala i've, I've went into it knowing very little other than she's you know she's a fangirl and uh that's about it. And she has mm. embiggening powers, but they're not giving her that and they're going for a different, <laughs> a bit of a different take. But um, as far as the show goes, I'd, and I read good things about um, episodes one or two before I watched them. And so I was going in with optimistic expectations, I guess you could say. And I think from the get-go, it got me because of the way that they um, introduced the character and gave that sort of setup about who she was and, and who she is in this sort of world through like drawings, animations, and things, and she's got her own diary. Yeah, and... those stylistic choices were cool. Yeah, yeah, like you know, they're a little. I've seen some comments, you know, that, oh, it's a bit Scott Pilgrimish in a way, sort of animation really pops, yeah. and her, her riding around Jersey and you know the the side of buildings are. There's moving pictures on them as she's driving around, and you know where she sort of falls into her own dream and her own thoughts, and she gets lost and that sort of stuff. I I like all that because it does set it apart visually from the other shows. Um, but then it also tells you know a different story with you know when if they want to bring in the Muslim culture and she's Pakistani and you know what that means and how it's different to any other characters that we've dealt with. The fact that she's a teenager and like yes we get that with Spider Man, but. It's a teenage girl, and you know, as she points out, I'm a brown teenage girl living in Jersey, and what that means, and who that person is in America, and uh, the show also being, you know, showrun, written, directed a lot of, I don't know who's filling in what roles, but by people who share that culture and and share those lives. So we're getting a bit of a different voice, and you know, at the same time, it is it's still straight and narrow for for the MCU. It doesn't stray too hard with those factors but where they need to be included they have and and i've liked all that and i find her charming as a as a character because she does feel like us as an audience like we're all fanboys and fangirls of this stuff so i like that we can sort of see ourselves in her i i've also heard critiques about the character that she can be a little bit annoying and i i understand that from the from the video game because of the you know how overexcited she is and there is that that uh, part of this show as well and i i think if it was played anymore maybe it would be that but i think it's just enough um for me at this stage and uh, without knowing anything about a rogues gallery or or any other uh, you know sub characters or anything where this show might be going who she's otherwise connected to who we first might see her connect to um two episodes in i'm like yeah i'm digging it and my wife who knows even less about this stuff than, than i do 
we watched episode one and I thought she did it for me. Come episode two, she's like, oh, no, no, I'm actually into this. And once episode two was done, she was really looking forward to episode three. So, um, yeah, it's got a tick mark from uh, from both of us. Uh, how'd you go? And is, is episode three change it for better or worse? Um, no, episode three was really in- entertaining. I, I kind of wish they'd done like what they did with was it Obi-Wan and a few others sometimes. I wish they'd released episode one and two on the same night. Yeah. Because at, at the end of episode one, I was like, mm, I don't know. Mm. But then epi- episode two was really what got me. And episode three was a great continuation on from the cliffhanger of the end of episode two. Okay. Very much like you, like my only experiences with um, Ms. Marvel is the cartoon, the Avengers Assemble cartoon. And she's done a couple of little, little movies and stuff like that. And the Lego games. And mm. she is unbearably annoying in both of those. <laughs> so so um, that, that critique that I spoke about, some of that might have actually come from you then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. And I think I think it's the same voice actress who has done the cartoon and at least the Lego game. Yeah. Um, I'm fairly certain the same actress. Just, just the hair on the back of my neck just stands up with how irritating she is, especially in the cartoon. Mm. But this actress, I'm, I'm loving. She's, she's. You're right. She's very charming. It's just that right level of hero worship nerdiness that obviously we can, you know, <laughs> bond with. We totally get that. Um, stylistically, really, really interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, it, she has been, I guess, quote unquote, fast tracked in a way. Like I think. This like Kamala Khan was only invented in like 2012 or something mm. like that. So there's obviously a big deal about oh she's a brown superhero and she's a, she's the first Muslim superhero blah blah blah. And I'm like well, I don't really care. Like the only other character I can think about where their religion is any part of who they are is Daredevil. And for me that was the most boring parts of the Netflix Daredevil stuff was Matt Murdock going to church and dealing with his Catholicism. I was like, oh my God, what else is boring? (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't really care about her being a Muslim or anything like that. What I loved about it, though, was they didn't just cherry pick it. They made a point to show the, the downfalls of Muslim faith when they were at the mosque and all the women are in the women's section of the mosque behind the screen, not mm. being allowed to speak, not being allowed to sit up front with the men. I love the fact that they hi- like they're, they're highlighting the culture, but also pointing out the failings of the culture. Mm. You know, no, no culture is perfect. They all have their, their positive and negative. So I really like that they made a point and it wasn't a really heavy... I think the only heavy-handed thing for me was that, oh, the brown girl from Jersey never gets to be the superhero. I was like, mm, well, we've had two superheroes, one from Queens, one from Brooklyn. So it's like, we're just making our way through the boroughs. So you're fine. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yes, they were two white guys, but yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, st- we're still making it through the boroughs. <laughs> you know, and then obviously, you know, and then you can add Daredevil from Hell's Kitchen as well. Mm. But, um, but yeah, no, it, I think it, it finds that really nice balance of her being interesting, uh, charming, but still being nerdy. Um, it does take me back a little bit to like all those, you know, coming of age kind of shows you watch as a teenager, like those high school drama shows and things like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of liking it. I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, and I, and the sort of pre-show controversy, if you can call it that, about the powers, because yeah, again, I only really know her from the the video game, and 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 that she's got you know the stretchy powers and. You know the, the the general. Yeah, well, she's um she's originally an Inhuman. She was yes. supposed to be Inhuman. There was a Terrigen Mist. She's an Inhuman. Um, stretchy powers, super strength, 
kind of thing. Which I think they're already kind of laying the groundwork for as far as the, the Inhuman stuff goes because... Like, she wears the bracelet, which basically, like, I think her friend says it in, what, episode two. Oh, no, you've got something in you. This just allows it to come yeah, out. Yeah, the, the power's not coming from the bracelet. It's bringing something out in you. Yeah, so, so I wonder whether the bracelet is a way of, like you said, fast-tracking the character into the MCU, allowing her to, and then I guess it opened, I don't know what happens in episode three, but those visions she had in episode two and, and the stories about her grandmother and what her grandmother did that was so bad and, and that, you know, obviously we're supposed to piece together about the powers or abilities or something that her grandmother had or dealt with as well sorry a great grandmother um had to deal with as well this is a way of having that that family connection that story be told in season one but then the uh you know if if we get a couple of years down the track and they want to bring in inhumans uh or the terrigen mist to some extent into the mcu that will allow her to just be herself without needing to wear it or something and that yeah you know, like i guess we're going to find it eventually you know unless they do some kind of multiversal crossover and that's how we get mutants in we're going to eventually find out that well uh, you know hey look scarlet witch we we've already been told that oh no the the the, the staff didn't give you powers it just unleashed what you already had right so mm. it's kind of like that we got that deposit for scarlet witch until we get the x-men and we can get a different reveal and maybe the same for miss marvel that we're eventually going to get a an Human or a Terrigen Mist thing that's... Wait and see what happens in episode three, buddy. Oh, shit, I'm wrong then. Great. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like, I, I do find it weird that every... And then, you know, I am very much one. It's like, no, that character should be doing this. That character should be doing that. Like I said before, the character's like 10 years old. If you're yeah. that cemented into what, like, Kamala Khan should be as a character, mm. you should be loving this show anyway. Like, you shouldn't care whether or not she's in a human. It would make sense that... You know, the MCU would be a little bit wary about doing anything in human again after the TV show and all that kind of stuff. And, well, we, and get, they... we get the like the soft relaunch with uh, with Black Bolt in yeah, uh, in yeah. Doctor Strange too. It it could be like a way of closing that off or a way of hey, yeah. it's kind of like Fantastic Four, right? We get read and we're saying all the spoilers. If you're listening to a podcast about Miss Marvel, probably you've seen Doctor Strange too. The Reed Richards thing, it's like hey, we're just resetting. Going, remember these characters? We're going to do them better than the last couple. You didn't like yeah. the last couple? We're going to do it. So and that um, also ties into the fact that I'm like, well, if we're getting the Fantastic Four, we don't need two stretchy people. So I actually yeah. like the new power set that they've given Kamala, like, she still has, like, that stretchy arm, you See, know, that's what I liked, right? Thing. See, in, in the trailers... It was just made out of light instead. What did they say? Like, hard light or something like Yeah, hard like light, that. yeah. So it's just... The yeah. way she can create those little sort of things to step on and move around, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen that before, like, that I can think of. Like, that's... That's a fun power, like, the way she can create shields with it, but she can also attack with it. It's going to make it something interesting visually to look yeah. at like when she obviously does you know team up with people i think isn't photon or whatever we're calling well, in the marvels Maria so they, they call it the marvels because it's going to be captain marvel uh we, we we're guessing photon and then miss marvel all and they'll but all is have maria going to be in this or are they all getting together in the marvel i dare say we're going to see one or if not two of them in this show by the end of it even as a yeah, post-credit cool. scene t- teasing toward the movie because the movie comes out When's International Women's Day? I think, what, 13th of March or something next year? We'll get it around then. So, yeah, cool. uh, yeah I th- I'd say we're going to get some kind of tease with one or both of them. And it'll be, yeah, different power sets for all of them. And visually, it will look a little bit different for all of yeah. them, which, which is good because, yeah, that's that's all I knew was the stretchy stuff. And then when they change it, it's like, yeah, 
because, like you said, she's such a new character, you don't want her to come into the MCU first, even though I guess technically she came in second because of Doctor Strange, but still into the main MCU and to have such a, a foothold in because by the time the show finishes, she'll have her hours up uh, and her be the first stretchy-powered one. And then we're going to bring in Reed Richards and, oh, we've also got another stretchy-powered one. And, and it's like, really? Two and two years yeah. or two and three years? We're going to have people that have the same powers visually? And on- I... I wouldn't be surprised if with this whole bracelet thing, rather than being inhuman, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to eventually tie into Shang-Chi. And yeah. what we saw there with the ring. I mean, I didn't hear a single person whinge about the changes they made to Shang-Chi, the ten rings being like these fucking bracelets, yeah. rather than ten rings with ten gems on them that all had specific you know, powers because it was too close to mm. the Infinity Stones. Like... And then they obviously set up wherever these rings came from. Like, that's the new mystery moving forward with Shang-Chi. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if this bracelet gauntlet thing that Kamala's wearing could could down the track tie into that and get us to our next big bad or something like that. So I'm yeah. just like, I'm down. It looks interesting. And yeah. I thought I would hate Ms. Marvel because of the cartoons. But <laughs> I guess the, the flip side, too, is it's like the, the best Captain Marvel I've seen, Carol Danvers' Captain Marvel, was in... Uh, the Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon based on the voice actress. That was back mm. when she was still Ms. Marvel. She wasn't actually Captain Marvel yet. But then in the new Avengers Assemble, both the Kamala Khan and the Carol Danvers, the voice actresses are so... and an- make the characters so annoying. <laughs> so it all comes down to that. So yeah, no, I've um, I've really been enjoying it actually. One thing about the AvengerCon, which I've seen cause a little bit of a stir, um, is... Like, it's one thing for us to watch it. And we go, oh, my God, there's that person. That person's dressed up as that. And, oh, this is so cool. There's so many references. And someone pointed out, why is Gamora... Like, someone was dressed up as Gamora at Avengers. Oh, really? Yeah. Very quickly, I had to see a still online. Oh, wow. But someone's dressed up as Gamora. And they're like, well, hang on. This That was just the, the, the Guardian's first trip to Earth, was just showing up in the middle of the Endgame battle. And then Gamora took off because it wasn't really our Gamora, right? Like she was in the bad guys until halfway through that battle, then decided to, you know, side with the Guardians and the Avengers or whatever. Yeah. Well, not even really side with them, just side against her father. And um, and then she was gone before the end of the battle or gone after the battle. Like she's not hanging around to get promo shots for people then yeah. to cosplay as. But it's like, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, 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 I mean, at, at this stage, I guess you can hide be- everything at this stage. You can hide behind the um, the Scott Lang podcast. That was literally look, my next <laughs> note because that I know that was in the preamble with the animation. That made me laugh so hard the idea yeah. that scott lang has a podcast and what was it called like big me little me or something i, oh, I, didn't, I didn't i think that's that. what it was and they even had like artwork of a podcast up Brilliant. i paused the premiere episode of miss marvel after 40 seconds when she said that to go into my podcast app to see whether marvel had subtly <laughs> subtly released an actual podcast called big me little me because i'm like you know what they've already filmed ant-man 3 what's to stop them from saying yeah. Paul Rudd, hey, we need you in a recording studio one day after you've done some ADR or whatever. We need you to record 30 minutes. Here's a full script. We want Scott Lang to be interviewed by, hey, it could be Christine or whatever her name is, the chick that Iron Man slept with in the first movie. She's oh, Everhard. Reporter, Christine yeah. Everhard, I think. She's popped up in, uh, I think, what, the Ant-Man 2? 
maybe um like sort of uh they had some youtube videos about her on a news service anyway it could yeah, be anyone yeah, that's right someone interviewing scott lang and he's revealing everything about the end like of course he would because he is a fan just as much as miss marvel he's probably just contained it a little bit and he's also already been a superhero so i love the idea that there's a podcast by ant-man or at least with ant-man and that maybe that's where every bit of detail is coming out because i guess too for captain marvel she loves captain marvel miss marvel uh loves captain marvel she probably didn't hang around for too much longer either certainly not enough to get no. press shots like well she's and they, they touched on that. that they're like well she left and it's like well also how does the world know that Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel's name. So it's like, yeah. surely Scott's been giving up all the all the secrets. Yeah. So my issue with AvengerCon, and I told I said this to you um, maybe after the premiere, I was like, okay, if this is the first Avengers convention ever, why is it being held on a weeknight <laughs> in New York City? And I'm just like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. Like the whole premise of that first episode is her trying to sneak out of her house. And it's definitely a weekday because when she like fails to get away from the detail, she's like Oh, I have a report due tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know it's a school day the next day, um, and then it's at night, and it's like what? No, it's a kids thing with cosplay. Like they're not gonna do. They're gonna make it. It's gonna be like a convention on the weekend yeah. on, during the day, like they all are. And so I think like, mm, the Avenger Con that they had in the video game, which I don't mean to keep going back to, but it's kind of my only reference point, and I guess that is a big thing. The fact that it was in the video game and then in uh, in the premiere episode of her show. It was a massive thing in the video game. It was like a huge event, right? Whereas this was a really low grade convention. Like it was essentially so like much a paper mache. A high school production, right? Going, we love Avengers at Midtown High or something, you know? Like it wasn't that big of a deal. So it's kind of a yeah. bit like, oh my god, this is so lame. And when they rock up on their one bike and they go and lock the lock it out the front, and they they barely ever haven't even walked in. She's like, oh my god, this is so amazing. And I'm like, no, it looks like the side of a drug warehouse. Like there's yeah. nothing cool going on here. But anyway, that's uh that's a real nitpick sort of thing. Her her in yeah, general, yeah, exactly. I like her. The show, a lot of fun. And uh, of all things, I never thought I'd get to a place where my wife is going, hey, when can we watch the next episode of that Marvel thing before I ask that? So it's obviously doing something <laughs> right. All right, well, that's uh, episode four of On Your Left. More Marvel stuff to talk about as we go on because uh, I guess Disney Plus viewers can only focus on this show every Wednesday now because Obi-Wan's finished. So uh, maybe those viewer hours will go up a bit because this show has been copping a bit of heat over the last couple of days about it's the least watched uh, either on its day of release or since its release compared to every other Disney Plus show and it's like why and I'm like well critics like it fans like it let's not look in too much into the hours like it's clearly doing Disney got plans right? I don't think this is going to hurt to hurt their feelings too much so uh, we can yeah. get to focus on it solely uh, from next week because I, if, I've got to be fair if I had a choice between one or the other uh, if I only had time to watch one I was watching Obi-Wan um, <laughs> but uh, I don't have to make that decision anymore Obi-Wan's done Miss Marvel and more Marvel talk coming up next week on Get Into Geek uh, you can check out our uh, other episodes of On Your Left on the podcasting channel we got some capes and cows our DC talk as well and across the galaxy our star wars talk show where we have been discussing obi-wan kenobi all up on the get into geek podcasting channels if you're not already on one which of course you are otherwise you're not listening to us get on like subscribe and uh stay up to date get notified when we've got our next episodes coming out maddie thanks for joining us today when i say us i mean me because Thank together you, we're an us and i'll stop talking and saying things without taking a breath <laughs> please come back next week don't let me scare you off <laughs> Yeah, okay, I suppose. 
Get into geek.